Hello and welcome to Hillcrest To Go. I'm your host, John Parker. Today, guest speaker Dr. David Smith shares a message titled, The Three Grand Essentials for Life. Now, an important message from Dr. David Smith. Good morning, Hillcrest Baptist Church. Man, I was just here two weeks ago. It is good to see you all uh, after the service. And you surprised your pastor. He called and he said, hey, by chance, are you available on the 21st? Check my calendar. And I said, yes. We're not very good at planning way out ahead, but uh, this Sunday just kind of opened up. Uh, I feel like I'm with family. And if you don't know me or I don't know you, please introduce me. Because often in my role with the almost 200 churches of the Austin Baptist Association, I show up and most of the people are just really not happy that I'm there because they really prefer their pastor and this old guy is filling in and they, they don't know him. But I feel like I'm, I'm with family here and I, and I know you. So last Sunday I didn't preach and I went with Julie to a church and they didn't preach on mothers, they preached on, on the Bible, which is really good. I mean, you know, but the Bible and mothers I thought was pretty good and uh, would have been, you know, that would have been my pick. But, um, you know, so then uh, Pastor Tom asked me what my sermon is. And if you don't know this, your pastor is very well prepared and he wants to make sure that I'm prepared. So he says, Smith, you got to give me your sermon ahead of time which drives me a little bit crazy because maybe Sunday morning I might have a brand new idea, but I can't go in that direction because, I mean, he's already got Bible study notes related to it. And so this morning I got here early, got to pray with John a little bit before everything got started, found the Bible study notes to figure out what it was that I was preaching on this morning. (laughs) Come on, find out what I'm preaching on this morning. And then Dr. Murray tells me the other day that all of the Sunday school teachers have all of my notes. And had I known that, I probably would have not given all of my notes to everybody. So don't read those and don't assume that I'm going to cover all of that. I was just trying to get Tom to do his Bible study and make me smarter than I am. But I don't know about you, but for me, going to church is about connecting with brothers and sisters and just talking about what God's done and how's God moving. And can I tell you, even though I have 200 churches, it's almost like uh, my wife and I were kind of lone rangers because we don't get to go to the same church every single week. And so this morning, I wanna begin with a little testimonial. I know my time, so don't worry. I know when the trap door falls out under me. (laughs) But this weekend, my grandchildren came to visit with me. By the way, you missed that in the introduction. Marley, Joe, and Shepard. Marley Joe is two, Shepherd is six months, and they are it. If somebody wants to introduce me, just tell them about my grandkids. That's it. I was thinking about bringing pictures this morning. I opted out of that. But if you go to Julie's Facebook page, Julie Thompson Smith, not during the sermon, but you can see really cute kids, really cute pictures. And uh, I just, oh, what a fun weekend until last night. Last night, Marley's running around and she trips and she takes a face dive into the corner of the sofa and all of the pressure of her little body hit on one tooth and that one tooth went the wrong direction. And I am standing there watching this whole thing unfold. And my son comes to her aid and mom's aid. My wife comes, she's grabbing Shepard so that we can kind of take care of this. 
And I'm telling you, moms are amazing. Y'all are awesome. She, I'm looking at all of what's going on and I'm like going, oh wow, this is not good. And mom takes that little tooth and puts it from going out this way to going right back where it was, putting it in place and going, we got that covered. Rub a little dirt in it and we're gonna be fine. I'm sitting there praying, dear God, please help us, help uh, everything to work out, help a permanent tooth to come in, all the stuff that you're praying in a time like that. And then I do the smartest thing that I can possibly do. I said, you know what? I'm going to head to the, to the local pharmacy and I'm going to get some meds for this because I didn't want to be there. Man, I was nervous like crazy. <laughs> so I'm praying in my truck. I'm going and I go, Hope, please just take me a picture of what it is that you want because I am not a shopper, I am a buyer. Tell me what you want me to buy, I will buy that thing. I don't shop. And so I get there and I have a picture of the exact pain reliever that I'm supposed to have. I walk in, I tell the kid, where's the kid's uh, meds? And he goes, well, they're in two different spots. So I check them two different spots. That brand is not there. And I'm just having a little prayer meeting. Dear Lord, help me not mess this up. Help me get this right. And here's how good God is. And this is why I'm telling you this whole protracted story. Because my wife's OBGYN doctor, I don't know if that's the actual title for her, female doctor, who we happen to know, just happens to walk up. And I said, oh man, I need a little help here. I'm not sure exactly what I'm supposed to get. They don't have the name brand. And she goes, oh, let me kind of help you with this. And then she says, oh, and you might want to get this other little thing so that if her gums are kind of sore and all this kind of thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, God, you are so good. You are so good that you figured out how to get her here the same exact time that I was going to be here because I needed somebody with skin on to really help me kind of navigate through this whole thing. And it was so very fun to come back. And by this time, everything is calm. Juju, that's Julie's grandma's name, is playing with Marley Joe, and life is good. And I just said, Lord, thank you. And I hope this morning there's been multiple stories in your life where God has shown up and shown off, and you come to church on Sunday because you can't wait to tell somebody about the good things that God is doing. Now, this next part, and Bruce, don't tell on me. I can't tell many stories without crying. This one I probably won't be able to get through. So I get up early this morning. Because again, I mean, I'm focused on my grandkids. You guys will have to take second, second place at least. And I get up this morning and Marley Joe is waking up and we got a little monitor. It is so wild. I don't even know how we parented our kids with all, all this stuff. They have monitors, split screen, so that they can watch Shepherd sleeping here and Marley sleeping here. And if you are into worship music, you're going to have to step it up because I'm telling you, Marley, she's just like here. Like, do any of you, have you heard the praise song, Rattle? Oh, you got to listen to this song. It's talking about dry bones that come alive. And she's waking up and they've trained her so very well. She wakes up calmly on her own. I mean, when I was a kid, I think I woke up, I'm ready, get me out of bed. She just lays there and kind of sings praise music to herself. And as I'm praying and as I'm getting ready, she's singing the praise chorus rattle and she's, she's singing the phrase, I'm gonna come out living again. I'm coming out living again. I'm going, thank you, Lord. So my granddaughter's going to bed. Don't know if we're gonna have a tooth tomorrow. And God goes, hey, I'm in it. I got this. And I hope today 
that as we open God's word, God's word becomes alive to you in your life. This is not something that we just come to on Sunday morning. We come to Sunday morning because we're celebrating what God has done all week long. But what is God doing and are you acknowledging that in your life? So I'm just like a super hallelujah for my, you know, my daughter-in-law, Hope. She's a great mom and my wife, great grandma, and I'm just the guy that drives to the pharmacy. But I don't care. I said, I'll do my job. Okay, so open your Bibles. We're going to get started here this morning, and uh, I won't take that away from my preaching time, I promise. Now, you have, you have your Hillcrest notes there, and you've got the Scripture ahead of you. If you've got a pen, I want you to circle some things. So get it out. This is an action activity here, okay? This comes from Hebrews chapter 10, and it's so fun. Every time I come to Hillcrest, your staff, whether it's Pastor Tom uh, or Herb in the past or some other folks, they always, they just help me because they make my sermons better. And if my sermon's bad, it's because I didn't listen to them, so I'm not throwing them under the bus on this. But literally, Tom added verse number 19 to my verses because I was just kind of kind of focus on verses 22 through 24. And in the Bible study guide today, which by the way, you need to go to a small group Bible study. That would be a good time for an amen. 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 Very good. Uh, you'll still beat, you know, everybody else to the, uh, you know, to the cafeteria, wherever you go to eat. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. I'm going to read it and I'm going to have you to circle something. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opening for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. So there's two words, since there, S-I-N-C-E. In the very first line, circle the word since. And then in verse number 21, circle the word since. Who God is and because of God's willingness to meet with us because of that, there are some things that we're to do. In verse number 22, it says, let us circle that. In verse number 23, at the beginning, it says, let us circle that. Verse number 24, let us circle that. Then I want you to draw a line under three words, and then we'll go back and we'll read it. Uh, in, in verse number 22, there's a word faith. It says that faith brings, underline the word faith. In uh, verse 23, it's got the word hope, underline that. And then down in verse number 24, it's got the word love, underline that. And this is one of the coolest of constructions of biblical verses together. Because of who God is and what God has done, we're to do three things. And those things relate to faith, hope, and love. And we're going to talk about faith, hope, and love. One of the things that I do in my role is I go to a lot of funerals because I'm just the kind of guy that loves to honor people who have lived their lives well. And I went to the funeral of a fella and the guy that was speaking uh, was a very good speaker. And he referenced an individual who who, uh, had spoken about the three great grand essentials of life. And he said the three grand essentials of life are this, number one, something to pursue. That if we are to fully live out our lives, we have to have something to pursue, something to do on a daily basis that requires us to get up, to get dressed, to go to work and accomplish a task, something to pursue. Secondly, something to love. And he goes on to talk about whether that, that be a person, an object, a hobby or something else. And then something to hope for. 
like a better life, a romantic relationship, or a new experience. So in this guy's opinion, and the person eulogizing the person that had passed, he was referencing this guy's talk that we all need something to pursue, something to love, something to hope. And I don't know if you're like me, but there are times when I'm sitting and I'm listening to something and I go, wow, that sounds like the Bible. And immediately I'm drawn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, these things will last forever, ever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And I began to think about this guy's three points. You got to pursue something, you got to love something, you got to hope something. And I began to think to myself, if I live in this world and I don't know Jesus, then yeah, love is good, hope is good, and I'm pursuing something. But if there's no Jesus, there's no faith. And this guy's equation, this guy's essentials is seriously lacking. But the amazing part in God's economy, nothing is lacking. And he is telling us in verses number 22 through 24 that we are to do three things. I mean, when I talk to you about faith, hope, and love, you're thinking about, okay, well, how do you do faith, hope, and love? That's what we're going to talk about today. How do we do, how do we experience these truly grand essentials in our life? Now, with that as a background, let me read for you. Hebrews chapter 10, 22 through 24, and you're looking for all those things that you've underlined or you circled. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse number 23, let us hold unswavering to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, most of us, we know that verse of scripture because pastors preach it to us and they say, hey, you should come to church on Sunday. And that's the verse right there. And many times we don't realize that there's some really good stuff ahead of that. But as a Christian, we're to do three things. There are three essentials. There are three indispensable things that we're to do. So let's jump right in. Number one, the three let us, the three commands, the three marching orders are this. First of all, those that are in Christ, they go right into the presence of God. They go right into the presence of God. If you are a Christian by faith, you approach, you draw near, you go right into it. It says, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts to fully trust in him. When we enter into the presence of God, what do we do? We ask. We talk about having a quiet time or a personal time or a devotional time. Do you ever stop? Do you ever consider scheduling a time to be in the presence of God and listen? Now, let's say that you have in your mind somebody really, really important, the most important person that you can imagine, and they invite you to come to their office. You're going to dress up. You're going to prepare. You're going to be on your A game. But I'm almost certain that whoever this person is that you value as being really, really important, if they invite you into your office, you're not walking in and going, man, I am so glad you finally invited me here. Sit down. Let me tell you about everything that's going on in my life. No. What are you going to do? You're going to sit down and you're going to listen. 
And I think often in our spiritual life, we have this opportunity and this open door to enter into the presence of God and just to listen. Now, can I tattletale on me? I'm a talker. I can talk to anybody. I mean, who knows their wife's gynecologist? Really? By name? And can pick her out in a pharmacy? Hello? But one of the things that I'm learning is the depth of my spiritual life comes on me hearing and listening to God. Scripture says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't come by talking. Faith doesn't come by worshiping. Faith doesn't come by all the kinds of things that we would think. Faith comes by hearing. What is faith? Faith that answers that question, what will be? And when we are where we are with Christ, when we draw near to him, there is a faith, there is a trust, there is a confidence in him. Do you think God, you don't have to answer this out loud, do you think God's interested in your life? Let me tell you how, how interested he is. Psalm 139, 17 and 18. How precious to me are your thoughts. David is speaking to God. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. When I awake, I am still with you. So the first essential to this Christian life is faith. Secondly, is hope. Those that hope in the Lord, secondly, they hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. They capture, they catch it, they seize it, they apprehend it. The scripture verse says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his word. So let me see if I can describe hope to you. Hope is the cord that connects us to God. It's the very thing that enables God's work in our life. Now, repeatedly, David, the psalmist, talked about the power and benefits of hope. Listen to this. No one who hopes in you, God, will ever be put to shame. Psalm 24, Psalm 25, verses 3. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Psalm 33, verse 18. Those are some pretty incredible promises when our hope is in God. The problem for many of us is this. Our hope is in everything that we can manage. The only time we really kind of call God into play is when we get to something that we can't handle on our own. Don't give yourself away. I'll nod for all of us. I'll nod for all of us. Our thought is, man, I can kind of handle this. And so I can hope in myself, God, until I get to a really big deal. And then what I can do is I can hope in you. So let me share it with you this way. Hope goes way beyond wishing. Hope is believing, it's expecting, it's anticipating a reality yet to come. Hope is expecting a reality that's yet to come. Now, let me tell you what hope does for you. It's at least three-dimensional ways in which it can help your life. Hope heals. Just as your body needs to rest in recovery from injury, so does your wounded spirit. Listen to Psalm 62, verse 5. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. Another way to say it, hope makes us strong. Hope enables you to develop spiritual muscles to, to combat whatever comes your way. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 2. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their streak. Hope heals. Secondly, hope 
anchors your faith. Anchors your faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. Not only does faith heal, not only does faith anchor our faith, but hope is a gift from God. Have you ever thought about that? The fact that you have a confidence that God is in control is a gift from him. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, and you know it. We write it on everything. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Hope heals, hope anchors, and hope is a gift from God. Now, the final thing, the final thing that it talks about, those that, those that have this, these essentials in life, it's capped off by love. They think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And I began to look at other words that might, might uh, say the kind of same thing. They stir people up. They spur people on. They evoke. They call to action. They excite. They move. How important is love? Well, Jesus says in the book of Mark that love, the Ten Commandments, literally can be summarized in two things. And it's this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other greater commandment than these. So if you want those essentials in your life of faith and hope and love, that piece called love is really kind of the, the cat daddy. That's a very technical word there. I wasn't going to share it with you this morning, but it just, it just came out. Cat Daddy. I didn't, it's not on my notes anywhere at all. It's kind of the pinnacle. Because when we love God and we love others, it motivates others not only to seek out God, but it motivates other believers to serve. So how do, you, how do we do this? How do we love God and love our neighbors? Well, we look at our actions, we look at our life, we look about the things that we do. So let me ask you some questions. Do others see your apparent for love for your apparent love for God displayed on a daily basis? Let me begin to meddle a little bit. Does your spouse, do your children, do my grandchildren? Do they see my love for God? Is my relationship with God a priority in everyday life? One of the things that Julie and I have started to, to do, and I think it's important for me to be vulnerable to you. I mean, I've been a pastor or a youth minister for years and years and years. In fact, this morning, I broke out in a cold sweat on Senior Sunday, and I didn't even remember it. It's like a PTSD kind of thing. So we were youth ministers 100 years ago, maybe 150. And on the last year that we were youth minister, my wife said, you know what? It would be really good if we sing a duet for all the graduating seniors on a Sunday. And I'm going, where are you coming from? I don't sing. Was never invited in the youth choir to ever sing. Smith, carry the speakers, but do not sing. And we sang that Michael W. Smith friends are friends forever. And it was bad, but everybody loved it because, you know, they just saw me just totally crushed. I don't know why I told you that, but I did. It just, it was just, I, I, I felt overwhelmed with that. But is the relationship that we have with God, is it prioritized? Now let me again meddle. 
We can spend hours and hours on our phone. We can spend hours and hours on TV. We can schedule all kinds of things, but are we scheduling time with God? If we love God, it'll be obvious to others. And then we need to love our neighbors. Now, I know you love your family. I know you love, you know, your relatives, or at least most of them. But how do you love the people that are around you that are, are not lovable? Or how do you just love people and just a good lover of people? I am so sad that Julie couldn't be here today, but she had to pick between you and her two grandkids, and you lost. I'm sorry. But my wife is an amazing lover of people. And when you interact with her, you're just going to get it that this gal loves Jesus and she loves you. One of my favorite stories, and I actually have her permission to share with you, our first date was at Chili's. And so we have a great affinity to Chili's. In fact, when we come to Chili's, most of the Chili's people near our house, they know us by name. And that's not a shameless ploy for Chili's. It's just, it's the reality. So about four years ago, we're in Chili's and she's meeting Brianna for the very first time and find out that Brianna's got a boyfriend. Why are you married? No, we're not married yet. Don't have a lot of money to do a, uh, a wedding ceremony and this kind of thing. And she says, no problem. My husband's minister. He'll do it. He'll do it for free. He'll even do pre-marriage counseling for me. I come back from the restroom and she goes, this is Brianna. Hi, Brianna. How are you? She has a boyfriend. You're going to do her wedding. Wow. Thank you, dear. I, you know, <laughs> but all because of that, We've had all kinds of prayer times with them. And this week, Brianna's mother went home to be with the Lord. And she's shooting us an email and a text and, you know, to folks to, to be praying for. And all because my wife is an extraordinary lover of people. If you want to live your life in a way that would honor and glorify God, faith, hope, and love are not just some great kind of fluffy ideas out there. Faith hope and love are acted out in your life. So let me ask you this morning. Are you accomplishing those things for God's kingdom that God would have in your life? Because I believe there are people that, are, that you interact with and that are gonna see Jesus in you that they're not going to maybe come here to church. I'm not gonna meet him. John's not gonna meet him. Others are not gonna meet him. But it's you, Christ in you, that's gonna speak to them. So I just wanna pray a blessing that God would help us to realize that, and then I'm gonna have John to come and to, to lead us in our response. So just join me as I pray this. So Lord, this morning, I thank you for your presence in this place. And God, I thank you for the joy in gathering with these friends today. But God, what we have here, the world needs to see. So God, I pray that we would be living examples of faith, hope, and love. God, you, you desire to equip us and prepare us to do mighty things for your kingdom. And so God, rather than thinking about all the things we can't do, let's just step in, God, and, and guide us in that. This morning, there might be people here that don't know you as your personal savior, God, and, and that's, the, that's the way they need to focus their attention. Or maybe there's some people here that have been visiting the church and they need a church family that they can join with. But God, I also think there's probably a lot of us today that probably need to make a renewed commitment to faith, hope, and love in our life. So God, you lead us as we respond. In your name I pray, amen. 
This concludes our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join us next time as Dr. Tom Goodman shares a message titled, Grateful Hearts and Burdened Hearts. I'm your host, John Parker, and this has been Hillcrest To Go. For more information, please contact us at hillcrest.church.